2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Maybe the guy from Oklahoma's football team should have... uh trained in the octagon you know what i mean like instead he went to a bar to get in a fight and had his face beat in and he almost lost his eye they probably would have stopped the fight in the octagon let's bring in mafia brian ciano to talk about ufc fight night boy nobody saw a lot of things uh coming this weekend a the uh lewis knockout and then uh b the uh bottom line is that Valdez knockout of it was unbelievable. That guy tipped over like a tree. Let's start with Derek Lewis. What did you think of his performance? Uh a 320 dog.
4: Yeah, I mean that's one of the biggest upsets in UFC history in the last decade or so, as far as the betting line goes. And you know, it wasn't just his knockout either. We know Derek Lewis has that pop. We know he has the power. We saw it against Volkov, you know just two plus years ago where he was getting his ass kicked for three rounds and then the last 10 seconds drops the guy and then you know does his whole my crotch is on fire uh, interview with joe rogan that made him you know internet famous with everybody but this guy has that power you know now he ties or i think he, he ties vitor belfort for the most knockouts ever in ufc history so this guy obviously knows what he's doing with those fists it was all about you know can he stop blades blades gonna go for the takedown he was up front saying it. he's like listen I don't care about putting on a best show I don't care about you know performance bonus I'm going for that 100 grand win bonus so if that's me just taking him down for five rounds that's what I'm gonna do that's what he did against Volkov he wasn't gonna take the risk but you know what he stuffed those takedowns in the early going he made Blades stand and fight him and that was the problem for Blades that was his downfall because Lewis stuffed him once or twice got him with a couple shots and shook him and then he tried to get in there and you know throw some shots of his own did decently enough but he got away from his bread and butter because he was just going too you know, takedown heavy where he was just selling out and doing it. If he was smarter and maybe got, you know, Derek Lewis against the cage, got him in the clinch, took him down from there, maybe it would have worked out better for him. But those straightforward takedowns did him in because he did that in the second round. What happened? Lewis comes with that uppercut just like he did in the first round and puts him out on his feet. I mean, he was done. He didn't need the extra shots. And Derek Lewis said, hey, it's not my fault I threw them because, you know, Herb Dean's got to step in. But Herb's got to make sure the guy is completely out as well. don't want to stop it too early. But you can see he caught him with that uppercut. And he was just out on his feet completely before Lewis moved out of the way and he fell like a tree, man. Great win for him. And now that completely uh, shakes up the division. We have to see where things go from here now.
3: Well, what about, like, do you know anybody that uh, bet on him? Was there a lot of people that cashed on on Lewis or was everybody betting on Blades because he was such a heavy favorite?
4: I think people were betting on Blades because of what they saw against Volkov, where Blades just for five rounds took the guy down, took the guy down. You know, he set a new heavyweight record for most takedowns in a fight. So people thought, well, this is what's going to happen. That's what he's going to do because we've seen that happen against Derek Lewis before. When he fought Daniel Cormier for the title, Cormier just tossed him around like a ragdoll. He has not done well against guys who are wrestlers. So people just assumed that he would not be able to stop the takedown again. And you know what? If it went on and they kept doing it and he started getting gas, maybe he wouldn't have. But it was early enough in the fight that his technique of you go down, I'm going to catch you with a knee or an uppercut, worked out perfect for him.
3: So Holly Holm and Juliana Pena are going to fight uh, coming up at UFC Fight Night in May, early May. You got to admit, I mean, I, I usually joke about how many fights this chick has, but uh, she's had longevity. I'll give her that. I mean, she just keeps yes. showing up for fights at home. You can say whatever you want about her, but she's tough.
4: Yeah, you know, this is a little surprising because I don't know, you know, all the details of what's going on behind the scenes, obviously, that we don't know, you know, what the UFC is doing with these, making these fights and things like that. But a couple of weeks ago or months ago when you heard uh, GDR and Holly Holm both went on the same fight card, you know, you sat there and said, all right, well, these are the two top-ranked bantamweights, uh, you know, behind Man and Nunez while we wait and she messes around with that other division of featherweight. So, well, you got to have them fight again, even though they both lost to her. They both have beaten everybody else. So they've earned the chance to fight each other for the chance to, you know, to go against her. But instead, now we have home against Juliana Peña, who lost to GDR in that fight, and then came back and got a win to, you know, rehab her standing in that division. And now we'll see who wins between them and probably gets the next shot at Amanda Nunez.
3: We welcome in our radio affiliate, SiriusXM XM, Channel 204, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, SportsMap Radio Network, Sports Byline USA, Armed Forces Radio. It's Coast to Coast. I'm Pharrell talking to Mavi about uh, UFC news. By the way, like her last fight, I thought she looked fantastic, Holm. I've never seen her look better uh, in the last few years. She came out kicking and throwing and landing and dominating performance. Now, what was the deal with Habib? He actually was in the hospital with mumps before he beat Gaethje.
4: Yeah, apparently just over a month before, like right when he was getting ready to leave, he was in the hospital with mumps. In the ICU for like five days, he said he even showed a picture of what his face looked like all swollen with the mumps. Gets through that and apparently then goes to, you know, leave, go to his training camp and then fractures his thumb. You know, thought about canceling the fight, but him and his team kind of talked about it and they convinced him to go for it and still go through with it. And I guess it worked out okay because he still dominated Justin Gatchy with a busted thumb just coming off of mumps. I mean, this guy, if he didn't have any luck, if not for bad luck, over the last year between his father and you know COVID shutting things down and his own injuries and illnesses. I mean, maybe it was right for him to retire because he had a terrible year before that fight.
3: Yeah, I got to tell you, now that uh, he's, like, turned down every opportunity to come back and fight and all these stupid meetings with Dana and he just never does anything. How about, like, I'm sick and tired of hearing about him. I'm done with it. Like, if he's not going to fight, like, why do we keep talking about this guy? Honestly, you know, run your camps in Russia. Do whatever you want. We're done with you. Deontay Wilder, he admitted he's never going to fight Fury again.
4: Yeah, he gave a list of guys, you know, he wants to fight. He says, listen, I want to fight guys that haven't fought before. Well, that knocks out Ortiz and Fury. So on to these other guys in the heavyweight division that no one's ever heard of that he wants to fight now.
3: Broner, I watched his fight. He did dominate Santiago with the jab, but I thought he was boring and I thought he looked fat.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's just getting back into the mix of it and didn't want to take any chances. and that's not what we want to see. We want to see exciting, fast fighting, and that's not what he has right now. He's got to work himself back into shape, You know, much like we saw with Fury when he was coming back. This guy, even though he's a much lighter weight, he needs to get back in shape and back get back to form that he used to have.
3: Uh, Valdez got his uh, junior welterweight title back. Ooh, that was an incredible the knockout left hook. on Saturday night. He showed it a million times. Good job, Moff. Mm-hmm.
5: The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot
3: So, Carver, High. Ever since I was a little uh, boy, uh, my parents used to go to Lake Tahoe. They loved Lake Tahoe. They constantly went out to Tahoe, and uh, they never brought me with them. Uh, And now I know why. Because I've been to Tahoe 50 million times, and it's awesome. So, nothing that I saw on Saturday or Sunday surprised me in the least. Uh, I've skied there. I've been there for the golf. I've done everything there, gambled there, got drunk there, you name it. I've hung out. I actually went there with Rodman once and uh, hung out for a Saturday night in Tahoe. And let's just say that did not end well. Let's just say that uh, I don't remember Sunday or Monday. I do remember Tuesday, and that was when I first took a shower after Getting there on Saturday, let's just say. But uh, I wasn't surprised at all. What I was surprised at is how the Abs keep kicking the uh, the Knights' ass every time they play now. What is that? Two in a row, I mean, uh, it's not exactly a, a run, but, I mean, it is saying something, I think, for down the line.
6: Yeah, absolutely, Sky. They've beaten them two out of three so far last week. They will play again tonight, which we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, it looks spectacular uh, the view off of the lake, uh, the snow, everything was awesome. Unfortunately, in the middle of the day, the sun gave the rink some issues, and they had to wait eight hours after the first period of Saturday's game between Colorado and Vegas to finish it up at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight east. They did finish it. It was a good game. McKinnon was awesome for the avalanche, and they ended up winning it 3-2. to two. Uh, Here's our good friend Gary Bettman, Scotty. Uh, of course, uh, very tough situation for him. Here he is after that first period on Saturday afternoon on NBC, basically trying to be part weatherman, part ice physicist, all the things that Gary Bettman knows so well. Here he is.
4: We've done over 30 outdoor games. Uh, This has been the most uh, difficult weather circumstance we've had, and it's a beautiful day. But if you look up at the sun, the cloud cover is everywhere but where the sun is, Exactly, Uh, and it's Uh, Did a number on the ice and we were observing during the first period players uh, getting stuck particularly in center ice and tripping or catching a skate and uh, while both teams and coaches wanted to finish the first period we concluded after consultation and I'm sorry it took as long as it did but we wanted to try and get it
2: right.
3: I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is, like, so blown out of proportion. My God, like, it's like an international incident. The NHL had to postpone a game for eight hours. Who cares? I mean, honestly, like, it it still ended up uh, a successful event on Saturday night and Sunday. I mean, what more do you want? Uh, The game on Sunday was not competitive. Uh, The game on Saturday night was. It is what it is.
6: No, you're absolutely right, and it's the NHL, Scotty. People love to take their shots whenever they can, and they still put the event on. It was cool for TV, uh, and they eventually got both games in. Saturday's was a good game, 3-2. Let's talk about last night's game. They moved that game tonight after what happened on Saturday. Beautiful views in the first period. They had the sun going down, and the Bruins absolutely routed the Flyers 7-3. Your boy, Pasta. Pasta. David Pasternak Pasta. with the hat-trick, Scotty. These guys were all having fun. They showed up all dressed in 90s gear. They end up beating the Flyers' ass. Here's Pasta after the game saying it was a lot of fun for the Bruins.
4: Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, I, I think personally the, <laughs> the thing that we play in both conditions, like uh, with the sun and in the dark, you know, I think that was uh, really great. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, the, the dark is beautiful, too, you know, uh, you get to play outside and, and uh, overall it was an unbelievable experience. As you know, uh, it was a great bounty. We had some fun with guys and get, getting dressed up and, and uh, stuff like that. So it's great win, you know, uh, we knew uh, we're going to have some fun. But as soon as the puck drop happened, we, we was focusing on a game and, and uh, was doing everything uh, to get the bounce, bounce back
3: game for us, you know, and, and get the two points home. I got about 5% of that. All I know, I couldn't understand a word he was saying, but uh, I think he's awesome. He's now one of my new favorites, Pasta. Your boy Pasta nah. coming up large. He looked like, um, who was the guy? Ooh, yeah, the wrestler. What was his
6: Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage is who he looked like. He was like. Macho Man, your and, boy Pasta. And you could see how much he was freezing there, Scotty. At the end of that interview, it was going on for so long, you know, all the media kept asking him questions. He said eventually, guys, are we done here? I'm freezing out here. I want to get out of here. So that every, all the media let Pasta finally go. Uh, nice job by them. Elsewhere over the weekend, non-Lake Tahoe edition, Carolina shut down Tampa 4-0 on Saturday night. Carolina, Scotty, has played really good hockey so far. They could be a challenge to Tampa in that division. They play again tonight, uh, but Carolina, Scotty, you have to be impressed with them so far.
3: Yeah, it's, it's revealing what's happening to the Lightning right now. Uh, they're really no longer, it would appear, that they, they, they've been passed in the left lane on the highway uh, as the best team in the NHL. They've gone from Stanley Cup champs, no Kucherov, and now there's just flat-out teams that are playing better than them that have a better record.
6: Sharks beat the Blues 5-4 over the weekend. The Leafs beat the Canadians 5-3 on Saturday night. And then the Canadians lost last night to Ottawa as well. So not a good weekend for Montreal. The Leafs tonight will not have Jumbo Joe, Jake Muzzin, Zach Hyman. All are out with various injuries. But, Scotty, it doesn't matter when you're playing as good as Austin Matthews is playing right now. The guy is absolutely dominating. He is, and I don't care about Connor McDavid and his 600 points that he racks up even though the Oilers lose. Austin Matthews, Scotty, has been the best player in the NHL so far.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt, and uh, you know, with Tavares and and the rest of the guys on that team, uh, the the list of guys that you told me that are out tonight, it's like I don't even care they're out. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> right. even matter. They'll still win.
6: It doesn't matter. Saturday night, the Penguins won three to two in Sidney Crosby's one thousandth NHL game. Nice scene. They did a big pregame celebration. All the they gave him all these uh, gold uh, silver sticks. The team took a picture with him. 1,000 games for Sid, and Latang helps him out with a couple goals on Saturday night, Scotty, and give the Penguins a win at PPG. Swept both games from the Isles.
3: You know, I, I think that's the story for me, is that, uh, well, he's had a brilliant career. Uh, Hall of Fame, done deal, one of the best players the league's ever known. So that's, that's in essence, a given. But what's uh, more glaring to me is that the Islanders kick everyone's ass in the NHL, basically. Who don't they beat? And they can't seem to beat the Penguins this year. And they've owned the Penguins. They swept them in the playoffs four straight. But right now, they've lost three in a row to him, unless I'm mistaken. And I just, I think that's what stood out to me more than his 1,000th game. He's incredible. Everything he does, I'm not surprised at all of his records and accomplishments and where he's going in, in the history and the lore of the NHL.
6: Slightly less fanfare for Travis Zajac's 1,000th game yesterday for the New Jersey Devils in the 4-3 loss to the Capitals. Bad loss for the Devils. They were up 2-0 on the Caps yesterday. Ended up losing that game. They also named Nico Heeshear their new captain, did not see that coming. So congratulations to Hishir. Jets beat the Canucks last night 4-3 in overtime. Pierre-Luc Dubois gets his first two goals for Winnipeg. Interesting situation with the Rangers, Scotty. Artemi Panarin takes a leave of absence from the team after allegations he assaulted a woman in Latvia in 2011. Now, there's a lot of political things behind this. He's been very outspoken against the Russian President Putin. The guy who's accusing him, it, you know, as a supporter of Putin. So there's a big political firestorm in Russia that involves this Panarin situation.
3: Well, look, you know, I got to say, and I'm not even kidding, uh, I don't understand why he's not playing hockey. It's the safest place for him is here playing with the Rangers and going about his business because I I don't believe the story to begin with. And secondly, uh, what they do over there is they'll just poison you and kill you. I mean, they'll just just—they'll just kill you. They don't care if you're a hockey star. They don't care if you're a, a politician or a cop. They'll just kill you. They'll just kill you dead. So why would he shut down playing hockey? And what's he going to go back there and defend himself? No. I think the whole thing's ridiculous. I think he should be playing hockey for the Rangers. This makes no sense to me at all. And I think that uh, Russian leader's a dirty SOB. I think he kills people. Without a doubt, hes the, he's the devil. I think that guy's the devil.
6: After you talk to our boy JT the Brick, we will get into tonight's games. 41 years ago today, Scotty, do you believe in miracles? Miracle on ice, USA beats Russia. Loved it.
3: (laughs) We got the brick on next. Screw all of that.
5: The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw
3: so uh one of my favorite people all time uh, and good friends in the business fantastic talent amazing dad husband father cool all-around guy amazing uh host on the radio uh is jt the brick we go back a a long ways uh and we got him on coast to coast today i'm stoked he was at uh tahoe for the uh winter classic outdoor games uh what do you think i got your uh I got this one at the D. Uh, I got this one right here. You like that one right there, JT? You like that? I got that one right there with a tag still on it.
7: That is fresh gear. Who has better gear than Golden Knights? I heard you say having a trouble time trying to beat the Avalanche, but great to be back in one piece, barely hanging on after a tremendous roadie in Tahoe. You've done many. I've done many. And it was as good as it's ever been up there, man. What a good time.
3: Yeah, I know you've done the golf tournament a million times, haven't you, with my boy, Mr. Big?
7: Joe P., 10 years we were up there in the middle of that unbelievable lounge with Barkley and everybody from Rush Limbaugh, the late great, to Donald Trump, to everybody who was in there at the time. Oscar De La Hoya, Jerry Rice, and it was really weird because I haven't been in that lounge, Scotty, in a good probably 10 years, and walking through it, it was a zombie apocalypse. They made you keep your mask on in between bites of food and drinking. It was insane. They were really rough on everybody up there.
3: Wow. So uh, what was it like? Uh, because, you know, I said earlier that uh, the abs beating the nights stood out to me more than the delays and the beauty. You and I have been there so many times. I've skied there a million times. I've seen it, done it. I know all about the sun, skiing in t shirts, squad rocks. I love it. But what was the actual uh, hockey like at the end of the day when you got to see the game? Because these are two teams, uh, in essence, that one of them's going to go play for the Stanley Cup final, I think.
7: Absolutely. These two teams, I think, are dead even. And us Golden Knight fans, you know, go to the Cup the first season in an inaugural year, then go deep into the playoffs two years back to back. And they're always upgrading this roster. They have so much depth with their four lines. Their defense is loaded. But Colorado was a hell of a team. And to ask me about the experience with all the events we've been to together, especially boxing, a couple of takeaways. This was Fort Knox. You couldn't get near. You couldn't get near the Edgewood even to walk around if you didn't have a ticket, there were no fans, if you didn't have a credential. Then in order to get there and go from section to section, it was Fort Knox. So when I was finally there to watch the warm-ups and the puck drop, it was like being – the only thing I can compare it to is I was at Torrey Pines when Tiger won his last U.S. Open on the Broken Leg, and that was on a Monday. So everybody left on Sunday, and I had access Monday, and I couldn't believe I was there. This was the same thing. Limited media, unbelievable flyovers, the lake, boats, partying going on, but no fans. So it was kind of creepy, but good to be in there to see some great hockey.
3: So what do you think will happen uh, tonight when they play again uh, back under uh, somewhat normal circumstances?
7: This feels, I'm happy you asked that, it feels like a must win for the Golden Knights. Remember, until Robin Leonard comes back, they have Leonard and Fleury, and that's supposed to go back and forth and it was ever hotter. That will give the Golden Knights the advantage over Colorado in the postseason is the ability to have both those goalies fresh and to rotate them or to play the hot one at the right time. Golden Knights always seem to pick up an injury, but now with Mark Stone and to see the depth that they have and to see the defense They have to play this game tonight like it's a playoff game. It feels like a must-win regular season rivalry game. I expect the Knights to bounce back and win this game.
3: So uh, everybody knows uh, JT's on Mad Dog Sports Radio. He's an incredible uh, radio talent and host. I'm so happy uh, that he's doing well on satellite. I think it's really cool you're on there now after being on Fox Sports Radio for so long. And uh, you deserved a better fate, uh, like many in this business. Uh, We're on there now, Channel 204. We're excited about it, but I want to talk about uh, your Raiders a little bit and about what you do uh, for the Raider Nation and Raider fans and the Raider uh, Radio Network and everything else. Uh, You know how I feel about Al Davis. Uh, Even as a Steeler fan, uh, my whole life, uh, there was no team I hated more than the Raiders. Uh, and the Cowboys at the end of the day because they were the ones that were always in the way of the Steelers winning uh, Super Bowls. But there was no owner in the history of sports. Only George Steinbrenner can be in the same room with Al Davis. I thought the world of him. I thought he was a titan, a maverick. I thought he was just fascinating. Uh, Every word that came out of his mouth, uh, I was caught on the edge of my seat by... I loved his snide faces. I loved his uh, outfits. I loved the way he dealt with lawyers, with owners, with commissioners. He was afraid of no one. What was it like for you to be around him and to be caught up in Al Davis's aura?
7: Well, great question, man. The Raiders have done everything to change my life. With all the platforms I have, the Raiders, arguably the most important one, along with SiriusXM. I do their pre and post, the John Gruden TV show, and another show for them, and anchor their flagship station out here in Vegas for two hours locally every day. I met Al Davis when I got hired by the team in 1998. 1998, I got hired by the Raiders. And got to know Mr. Davis, but he wasn't the type of guy you got chummy with and hung out with. That guy was grinding like no one I've ever seen. And anybody who saw the 30 for 30, Al Davis versus Pete Roselle, you got a really great crash course, not only in Al Davis and Roselle and all the wars that they had, but the history between the Steelers and the Raiders. That was the greatest era of football of all time. I don't care how old you are. You had the Chiefs, the Dolphins. The Raiders, the Cowboys, the Steelers, everything that was coming behind them in the 80s with the Cowboys. And, you know, if it wasn't for the Steelers, we'd be talking about the Raiders with six Super Bowl rings. The Raiders played in nine. Fred Bolitnikoff played in nine championship games. Nine. And one in the AFL Super Bowl two and one Super Bowl eleven. You know the history, Scotty. Those two teams, they were gladiators. And whoever came out winning, the AFC was going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, I I love working for this team. I love this fan base. And wait till you see what we have in Vegas. We have this Death Star. We have this jewel. No fans were allowed to go. You should have saw me home and away games doing the broadcast with Brent Musburger, feeling like I was in a zombie apocalypse with no one in the building. One of the creepiest things I've ever seen.
3: So I was uh, I had that experience when Mafia and I did the Spence fight uh, with Mikey Garcia down in Jerry's world. We were the only two people in the entire stadium at night. All the lights were out except right where we were broadcasting and we were both scared to death. I was scared to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was really creepy, but I have to ask you, do you think that is uh, I think Al would be proud of Mark? For, I think a lot of people over the years have kind of mocked Mark and made fun of him, his hairdos and all the rest. None of that means anything to me. I think his father would be real proud of him that he pulled off the multi-billion dollar deal to get the team to Vegas and to build that Shangri-La, and I truly believe, and their facility, their headquarters out by the M, I think they're going to be the most profitable organization in the NFL within 10 years. I think they'll pass the Cowboys. I think the Raiders are set up to be the cash cow of the NFL in Las Vegas, and you know it.
7: Scotty, really astute. We've been been friends a long time. What you just said really went right through me, because I've been friends with Mark Davis the whole time, and as he was getting mocked, and I was on his flagship stations, and I would have to bite my tongue and see these Raider fans, even hardcore Raider fans that were giving him a hard time, you nailed it brilliantly, and don't ever stop running with that. Uh, Mark Davis, Al Davis, would have been very proud of him. When that 30-for-30 ended and you saw Mark take the high road with the NFL after he lost Carson, California, all the problems in Oakland, and he kept his chin up and he hung in there and he put together one of the greatest deals, I think, in the modern history of the NFL, and he did it with the help of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and how two big owners could you have in all of sports. Now the Raiders are positioned with Gruden, the 10-year deal, the lack of state taxes in Nevada, the ability to recruit, and what they have with that world-class facility and stadium, it's go time. Raider Nation's been waiting a long time to win. It's absolutely go time here. Mark Davis isn't screwing around. This is not about a cool stadium and going on tours and taking your picture with Gorilla Rilla. It's about winning championships again. And now this team's got to step up. They were pretty good last year. They had a really good offense and their defense failed them miserably at the end of the year. No more excuses. The Raiders now got to start their march, not only to the playoffs year in and year out, but to a world championship in Vegas. Do they, uh,
3: do they feel like uh, that? fans and everyone think that Derek Carr is getting kind of played a little bit with all the talk about him getting uh, traded?
7: Not at all. Carr's been the quarterback the whole time. People with the information like me and you always knew that. Look, If if John Gruden could find a better quarterback, how would he do it? He'd have to start from scratch and go back in the draft. They're not getting Trevor Lawrence. They're not getting the number one pick. Then if he went out into the secondary market and you look at, look, he brought in Mariota to be a backup. He couldn't compete with Carr. Who else are you going to get? Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton? No. So there's only a couple of quarterbacks that are better than Carr. The problem is they're in the division. Now, Carr has played at a very high level again. He's at the Pro Bowl level again. You got Justin Herbert. You got Patrick Mahomes. And you take a look, if Deshaun Watson ends up in Denver, that could be a really big problem. Carr's the franchise quarterback. The offense isn't the problem at all. They're loaded. They got Ruggs, Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Aguilar, if he comes back. Their offensive line's got three or four really good players. They got to go in with Mayock and completely flip the defense. They need a massive trade. They need a free agent, and they got to hit home runs in the draft. And if they do that, they'll be back in the conversation again. They hired Gus Bradley, former Jacksonville head coach, to be the D coordinator. I think the Raiders are going to fix their problems in the offseason on defense and contend.
3: I can't wait to see uh, you at uh, some fights soon. Hopefully, uh, it sucks we can't go to boxing. It drives me nuts. We're at every fight together. Also, I believe NBA and baseball will follow the Raiders and the Knights to Las Vegas. I think they'll have all four within a decade. JT, you're awesome. I love you. Congrats on all your success with the Raiders and with uh mad dog sports radio it's a great channel on sirius i know you're kicking ass and taking names it's great seeing you on coast to coast we'll get you on again real soon my man i love you all the best to the family
7: love you too and i love what your team is doing you're in the right spot you're getting all the respect in the world you guys are kicking ass thank you thanks jt
5: the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one (laughs) that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live with Sling Sling everybody in your crew
0: identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispie Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day
3: we back on coast-to-coast. Coast. Great having JT the Brick on from Mad Dog Sports Radio and Raider Nation Radio. All righty, Carver High. Let's hit these hockey games tonight, including that uh, Vegas game in Denver at the Pepsi Can against the Avs. I kind of like the Avs again, the way they've played against them.
6: Yeah, a very full Monday night in the NHL, Scotty. And you're right, uh, Vegas and Colorado We'll go at it again at the Pepsi Can. Let's start with the earlier games. The Islanders off a couple losses in Pittsburgh. They host the Sabres tonight. Islanders have won five in a row against the Sabres. They are That is out at the Coliseum, minus 174. Islanders, a big favorite. Calgary into Toronto to take on the Leafs tonight. We've got Dallas in Florida against the Panthers. And the Lightning and the Hurricanes hook up again. We know the Hurricanes blanked them 4-0 on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, I got to go with the Islanders as my top play, the way they've owned the Sabres. They just spit them out every time they play them, so that's my number one play. The Panthers are my number two play. Dallas has kind of hit a wall for me, and the Panthers have been so tough, kicking the Lightning's ass. I like the way they look. I'm going to go Panthers. My number three play is going to be the Leafs. Uh, I like the way Toronto just kills everybody. Uh, We talked earlier about their injuries. None of their superstars are injured, though, in my opinion, so they're going to win. That's my number three play. Canes are my number four play tonight i like him over the lightning they beat him for nothing if they can beat them for nothing they can beat him again so uh so far so good i know there's a couple more games there for you carver High.
6: there is the kings are in st louis to take on the blues or a heavy home favorite the ducks and the coyotes in arizona tonight with the coyotes being a minus 168 favorite the vegas and colorado rematch at the pepsi can minus 142 for the avs and the wild and the sharks a late night p.m. East game. The Wild are a road minus 152 favorite. I like the Sharks tonight, Scotty.
3: Yeah, I like the Sharks too, and I'll take that goal and a half. Thank you very much, ma'am. I'm going to go Avs. That Ducks-Coyote game, both of them are so bad. I'm scared to death to go near this game. It's one of those. Like, they're both terrible in my opinion. I'm going to go with the Coyotes. I make it my last play on the board. I want nothing to do with that game. You shouldn't either. Cause you're going to lose your money. That's what happens when you when two. Sh- I was going to drop a bomb right there. I was going to drop a bomb right there. Carver. I, I mean, that was a Tiger Woods backswing stop right there. I was going to drop a gritty. I was going to drop a gritty when two gritty teams get together. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to bet on two. It's always a good game, but I don't want to uh, pick a side cause I think they're, uh, they're both terrible. And I'll go with the blues.
6: Yeah, that is a tough watch. Uh, Ducks Coyotes tonight. It's hard to find an angle in that one. Maybe the under. Uh, college basketball, Scotty. A really big weekend. There was a lot going on. Let's start with the biggest one of them all. Michigan beats Ohio State, ninety-two to eighty-seven on Sunday afternoon. Real good game. Let's start with Michigan head coach Juwan Howard. Scotty, proud of his team. Here's Howard.
4: It, it definitely need to be commended for our guys and how they have kept their poise under tight pressure situations uh, throughout the year. We've been battle-tested with the pause of of COVID, uh, where the university had to take a a step back for 14 days. Our guys uh, handled themselves very well, and they've been handling themselves very responsible, disciplined young men throughout this pandemic. So I'm just so proud of the fact that like, uh, how they, you know, handled themselves through, and you know, when it's time to compete out there on the floor.
3: Well, I mean, they look fantastic. Winning the game in Columbus is all that matters. Michigan is as tough a team as any team in the country. I love the way they uh, play in transition. I love their defense. I love the way they get the ball down to the bigs uh, and finish around the 10. Uh, I I like their speed game. They can run up and down and beat you. They can beat you in a half-court game. That's a huge win. I hit tons of games on Saturday, I mean tons, but that was one I got wrong. I thought the Buckeyes were going to win that game at home. I think Ohio State's as tough as uh, Michigan, uh, but Michigan proved that, in my book, they're better. Uh, Winning on the road in Columbus shows me they're probably better than Ohio State.
6: Yeah, Chris Holtman also thought, despite the loss, that they're a very good team. He thinks that it's going to help them in March. Let's hear from the Ohio State coach. There he is, Chris Holtman, Scotty. you got to love him.
7: My focus right now, Spencer, is just going to be on, um, you know, Spencer Tillman, areas that we can improve and grow um, and get better. Um, You know, there there are things that we can do as coaches to put our our guys in a little bit better position defensively. Um, You know, that's really what I'm going to do. I I think in terms of, um, you know, a measuring stick, I do do think they're good. There's no question I think they're good, and they're deserving of (laughs) – of everything that comes their way um but my focus is our team and i think you know I think Go we're blue. A good team as well there's no question we're a good team um but um i think improvement you know we we need to be better All right that
3: thanks coach players, you're, you're know, just rambling now area. honestly and they say i ramble i yeah. uh, honestly like here's an idea play indiana more then you'll win more yeah coach.
6: You'll win more if you play Indiana. That happened to Michigan State on Saturday, Scotty. 78-71, the Spartans beat the Hoosiers. Not a good scene, uh, bad loss for Indiana. And uh, you know it's bad when you got to send me a story like this. Archie Miller would still be owed 100% of his contract if he got bought out after this season by the Hoosiers. They just came off a couple really good games. That's a tough loss for them.
3: Well, Indiana will get in as an 11 or a 12 into the tournament. They'll lose, and that'll be that. Next year, if it's pretty simple. At the end of March next year, Archie Miller's buyout is half what what it would be right now if they fired him. So when they fire him, it'll be next March. If Indiana doesn't make the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 next year, Archie Miller's going to get fired. He's going to get half his money. And, and now if he got fired, he'd get all of it and then some. And he makes more money being the, but listen to this, he makes more money being the Indiana coach with residuals and like appearances and car deals and and TV appearances and radio shows. He makes more money doing that than he does coaching the FN team. Know that, and that's true too. I'm documenting that. That I already know. He makes more money with all the BS than he does coaching him. And I'll tell you what, that's a great idea on his part because he sucks coaching I and he doesn't deserve any money coaching him because he's done such a crappy job in Bloomington. That's that. Archie Miller has sucked in it at, at IU. That's all there is to it. Anyone that thinks he's a good coach is tripping. Go back to Dayton, you
6: hack. Kentucky rolled Tennessee 70-55. to 55. Of course, the only way they're getting in the tournament is if they win the SEC tournament, but they are starting to find their game a little bit. They could be tricky, for some of these SEC teams, Scotty, going into the tournament. Georgia Tech routed Miami 87-60. to Nova beat UConn 68-60. Geez, the Irish, just an awful loss for them. They had a 20-point second-half lead at Syracuse, and they lost. Not only did they lose the game, Scotty, they couldn't even cover. I mean, 75-67. They're up 20, and they still don't cover. What an awful job by the Irish uh, on Saturday. Good one that you were talking about Friday night. Kansas beat Texas Tech. Straight up in that, that game, too. 67-61. Nice call by you on Friday night.
3: Yeah, listen, uh, I hit the Michigan State spread, the Kentucky spread, the Georgia Tech spread, uh, the Q spread, the Kansas spread, the BYU spread, the Missouri spread. I mean, Florida, Georgia spread, uh, Florida State over uh, Pitt. I mean, North Carolina over Louis. What didn't I hit? Honestly, they started calling me P. Rose when I went to the grocery store. Some kid yelled out, there's the hit king. But he was talking about my bets.
6: And out of all these other games, the couple that I will bring up, Duke did upset number 7 Virginia 66 66 I got that wrong. So a, good, <laughs> so a good win for Coach K right there. Houston that. got on back. They they got back on track. They beat Cincy. Maryland beat Rutgers 68-59. And Luka Garza, Scotty, becomes Iowa's all-time leading scorer in a 74-68 win over Penn State. But they did not cover. Tonight, Scotty. We have a pretty full slate, but in terms of you know big games and big names, big conferences, I have four for you here. One's not even a big conference. Evansville at Drake, the Missouri Valley. Drake's been very good this year. They've covered a lot. They are minus 10.5. We have Syracuse and Duke down in, uh, in Durham, minus 6 for the Blue Devils. Oregon at USC, who's been very good in the Pac-12, minus 4 for the Trojans. And Texas Tech at Oklahoma State tonight, minus 3.5 for the Red Raiders.
3: All right, so I'm going to go Drake and lay it against Evansville. I think they'll whack them at home. I think the Duke game is going to be Blue Devils win, but Cuse covers the number uh, at six. I kind of think it's too many points. It seems to me like – and tell me if I'm crazy. All the Duke's games are really close. I mean, they have to do so much just to win. I know they beat up Wake, but Syracuse is better than Wake Forest. So I think it's going to be a good game like it usually is when Cuse and – Duke play even at Cameron Indoor. And then Oregon-USC, it's too many points. I got it at five. I made it my number one play. Ducks covered. They're playing great basketball lately. USC will be lucky if they win this game. I know they're ranked. I know everybody thinks they're better. I got USC barely winning. Uh, Oregon can win that game, though. And then Texas Tech-Oklahoma State, I'm going Cowboys in Stillwater with the outright win and the three and a half. So I'm going to take them to upset oh. Texas Tech tonight in
6: Stillwater. And I'm sure that you have the sheets. There are a lot of games tonight. Do you want to blow through the sheets really fast here?
3: Yeah, I just I didn't do as many. Eastern Kentucky wins, lay the four. Louisiana wins. Arlington plus the six. Moorhead State lay the 12. St. Mary's wins. Big one here. Pepperdine plus seven against St. Mary's. Take the spread. Arkansas State outright getting three. They're going to win and cover uh, and get the three. Greensboro wins. West Carolina covers the eight and a half. And then I'm going to go Mercer, lay the 8. Sam Houston, I love this one, lay the 10. Sammy 8's going to get it done tonight, son. Air Force, lay the 1, and Furman wins, but VMI covers the 9.5. It's my number 4 play on bench.com. More cash for the uh, offering tonight. Everybody, it's like it's like going to church and stealing out of the bin.
6: We have uh, a lot of candidates for you're having a bad day today, Scotty. Let's start with Mariners, now former Mariners president, Kevin Mather. Uh, he apologized after his recent disparaging comments surfaced, and he has now resigned from the Mariners. He said several things about current players, former players. Uh, I'll give you a sampling of his work. Uh, here he is talking about uh, his, uh, Iwakuma, the guy who threw the no-hitter no, no for him a few years ago. He now works for the team as their liaison in Japan. Here he is talking about his English, your boy Kevin Mather, the former Mariner president
5: we just rehired iwakuma iwakuma was a pitcher for us for a number of years wonderful human being his english is terrible uh he wanted to get back into the game he wanted to and he came to us and and we quite frankly want him as as our asian scout interpreter um what's going on in the japanese league uh he's coming to spring training and i made the statement i'm tired of paying his interpreter Because when he was a player, you know, we pay Iwakuma X, but we also had to pay $75,000 a year to have an interpreter with him. Um, His English suddenly got better. His English got better.
3: I mean, are you kidding me, this guy? And then he resigned today. He's finished. He was the president and CEO. Can you imagine the stones on this guy to say what he just said? That was just the beginning of some of the stuff he said. I mean, this guy took swats at everybody. He was... I, it truly was unbelievable. Here's a, uh, the chairman and managing partner, John Stanton, as they got rid of him today. Bottom line, they fired him. I mean, was signed my ass. He got fired. Bottom line is yes. he's out because he's all of the crazy racist things he said. I mean, it was absolute insanity.
6: The Yankees and Brett Gardner have a one-year deal, so he's back in the fold. I can't wait Gardner to see party. him take the bats away. Can't wait to see him take it bats away from Clint Frazier. Reggie Jackson no longer in a special advisor role with the Yankees. Basically, Scotty he doesn't want to leave California anymore. Clayton Kershaw thinks he has a few years left in the tank. Steven Strasburg got that surgery last year due to numbness in his hand. Very scary situation. And did you see the Twitter fight between Trevor Bauer and Noah Sindergaard? Jeez, yes. it's never enough with these guys. It never. But ends.
3: remember, Trevor Bauer just got done telling us he's going to grow up now and do things right. better and treat people better. Uh, that's going well.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: love today, but 41 years ago, the USA beat Russia in the Olympics. And uh, I got to tell you, I I am really old because I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was one of the greatest things I ever saw in my life. And it made me a gigantic hockey fan. That's what that did to me. It transformed me. I wanted to, uh, I started going to every Penguin game, became a Penguin season ticket holder, the whole deal. Uh, That whole Mark Johnson, that whole team. I mean, it is absolutely crazy that it's 41 years have gone by. I know they bring it up every year, but I get emotional just thinking about it. Osaga beat Jen Brady for the Aussie Open. She wins again her fourth slam. Djokovic wins uh, his ninth Aussie, 18th slam. He's made more money than Federer and Nadal. 147 million to Federer's 129, Nadal's 123. I still like Rafa uh, better. I don't like Djokovic. I think he's a D. I think the guy acts like a, a complete D. And I know that players on to hate him. Everton uh, uh, beat Liverpool two-zip to get a, a derby win. How about uh, Michaela Schifrin? She settles for the bronze at the Worlds. It's more of a story when she loses than when she won four straight golds. They don't talk about that. They only talk about when she loses. That's when you know you're a badass. Man City beat Arsenal one-zip. They never lose. Sarkeesian's six-year Texas deal worth $34 million. Nickel State. We used to have a friend, Nickel State. Steve Nichols. Uh, every time I saw him, I yelled, Nichols, State, Just like I used to yell in the hallway at the fan, Carver, hi. And he'd be like, what's with this guy yelling Carver, High at me all the time? Dion got robbed, then he didn't, then he did, and now no one cares. Johnny Damon says jail sucks, handcuffs are worse. Michelle we didn't like Rudy Giuliani talking about her panties. Uh, That got her all riled up, and God bless her for it. Rudy Giuliani is a complete perv and a freaky creep. He's an old man creep, pervert. I don't want him near my daughter or any women, ever. Am's Resort opening a Raider-themed restaurant. Cam Newton gets into the trash talk with a kid, put him in his place. The Miz, the new WWE champ, and United Airlines grounding their 777 fleet after chunks of engine flew off a plane going to Hawaii from Denver it's not funny when it happens being on that plane I would have been scared shackless but uh, better ground those planes GTD next see you tonight at 10 on the bench
0: pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot